0: What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sport. Jamoke Davis here with you. And we got a lot to get to today. First and foremost, the NBA draft is tonight. Give my thoughts on the draft. What maybe the Washington Wizards should do. Who will go number one. What trades I think may happen. I'm also going to talk about Daniel Snyder and the NFL and the hearings and being called to Congress. Got some thoughts on that. And that my heart, my heart sank yesterday watching the Stanley Cup playoffs and realizing that once again, as much as I hate Hate to bring it up. The refs continue to find a way to destroy playoffs. And all of the leagues, as much as I don't want to stop the games. Human error, just we can't have it in sports the same way anymore. In my mind, I think it's too much at stake. And we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But first, I'm going to start with the NBA draft. And I've seen a lot of mock drafts. Chet Holmgren, will he go number one? Or will it be Jabari Smith? Paolo Banchero? The key is what happens with Jaden Ivey. Because he doesn't want to play for the Kings, they got a point guard. That's where I think you're going to see a lot of movement. There's a lot of players in here that even for me, I'm just like, oh. I don't know. So so it's not that I'm not excited about the NBA draft. I'm always excited for the NBA draft. I feel like it's the beginning of the next season. You know, it's really the, the point where players are, you know, and teams are jockeying to make changes to their roster. Fans like myself, even as an employee, when I was an employee, I would get excited for the draft. Like, this is the beginning of a new team. You're going to have a new player, especially when you're at that, you know, get that top pick. Because it can change your franchise. But I think with the NBA Finals being so close to the draft, to me, it kind of gets lost. Like, we're still enjoying the euphoria of the Warriors winning it all. I mean, the parade was, what, like two days ago, and already it's like, oh, wait, it's the draft? And I don't know if that means they should move the draft back or the NBA Finals up, but I feel like it becomes watered down. The interest in the draft wanes for that everyday fan because you can't build up to it because you've been building up for so long, the NBA Finals, all of a sudden, like well, oh, yeah, and the draft is two days later. Just doesn't work for me. Just doesn't work for me. But when I look at the draft and who's available, okay, it's exciting. You know, I have see the name, the one I'm th- look, thinking of is I wonder what's gonna happen with Jalen Durant. I actually got to follow him a little bit. Uh, before he went off to college at Memphis when he was uh, down in high school at Mount Verity Academy. And then they played up here near the DC area. So I got to see him then. So I got my eye on, you know, somebody like him to see what happens. You know, his life is changing, and that'll be really exciting. That will be really exciting. And you can look at a million mock drafts to kind of see who's available, who who's the rising star. Some are saying it's Daylon Terry, Benedict Mathur, Mathurin, Matoran. I don't even know if I'm saying it wrong. The thing that throws me off is when I look at the G League Ignite because i I'm that really confuses me when I think about, well, wait a minute. Where did he play? Like, if you're not coming out of high school and you're not with the college, then it's just kind of like, wait, what? A, I'm. I, it makes me confused. I get really confused. Now, my heart, what I am really thinking about is the Washington Wizards. And what are they going to do? who are they gonna take that's where i focus on mock drafts have them going for another small forward and aj griffin maybe that's one I mean, realistically, in, in my mind, right? I mean, that's what you're thinking about, right? I'm not, I'm not wrong there. Yeah, the NBA draft is great. You see all of these players, but realistically, what do you want to focus on? You want to focus on your team. Another mock draft has Johnny Davis, the guard. When I look at the Wizards and I think about who they should be taking, Bradley Beal is a lock. Well, maybe. Uh, Probably not. I mean, I mean, as I'm pivoting here, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, all this talk about Bradley Beal's not going to sign his player option. He's going to test free agency. Like, this is a really scary time for the Washington Wizards. This could completely change their franchise. Don't let them leave. But I think when he sees his guy, Jason Tatum, reaching the NBA Finals, he's like, nah, I need to be on a team that can win. And this team cannot win the curse of LeBoulet or Jamoke, Whatever the case may be, this team can't win. And when I look at the makeup of the team and where they are hurting the most, I think they need a point guard. I don't think Raul Neto or Ish Smith or Cassius Winston, I just don't think they cut it. I think at the center position, uh, not great, but you got KP Kristaps Porzingis, Thomas Bryant, Daniel Gafford, power forward. Doesn't necessarily wow me. But I think, you know, you could think about the fact that you got Kyle Kuzma who could be a power or a small forward, Rui. If Bradley Beal stays and Contavious Caldwell-Polk, KCP, shooting guard is good. I know you got Thomas Sadoransky as a combo guard back in Washington again. I think this team needs a point guard. And maybe realistically there isn't enough of it, enough of a point guard in this draft worth taking. Maybe. Maybe. But I think Man, we we got to get a point guard. That's, that's what I think our biggest problem is. That's our weak point, if you will. That's our weak point. Now, the overall draft, this is going to be fun. Now, when I look at Jabari Smith, I don't think he was not the star I expected him to be at Auburn. But I think that was more because he was playing in a system. And so the real basketball people know, yeah, he's number one. Even though his stats may not show it the same way. But he's got the size He's got the length. He's the youngest of the top three prospects. And I mean, 17 points per game isn't bad. I just feel like when I watched him at Auburn, like he didn't, what's the right word that I want to say? I didn't see him taking over the the games the way I felt like Chet Holmgren did. And that's okay. Because I think we're in a game where when you look at the makeup of the Auburn Tigers, and and just in general, realistically, when you look at basketball, this can be a very point guard dominant league. And when I would watch college basketball and I watched the Auburn Tigers a few times that's what I felt like was happening is Jabari Smith wasn't the dominant player on the court. It was a point guard. And it's not, it's just, I feel like in many ways, that's kind of where the league is right now. And then it trickles down to college and high school. And that's okay. That's okay. But I think when I look at Jabari Smith, I'm like, yeah, he to me, he's number one. And you see that across a lot of the mock drafts, that he's got the size and length, a great shot, and he can play on both ends of the floor. Chet, on the other hand, is seven feet compared to 6'10 for Jabari Smith. But I feel like Jabari Smith, I don't know, he has more ups than Chet. Chet is just so skinny. I can't help but see Manute Bowl, Sean, gosh, how am I forgetting his name? Sean Bradley. Okay, he's got more skill because he can dribble and carry the ball. I'm just talking about how skinny he is. The fact that he is a shot blocker and can affect the game on defense maybe a little bit more than Jabari Smith, okay, I'll give that to you. But if I'm the Orlando Magic, I take Jabari Smith over Chet Holmgren. And if I'm Oklahoma City Thunder, I'm like, okay, I'm getting Holmgren. But is he a superstar? Is he going to bring this team together? Uh... I don't think so. And I could see them saying, nah, we're good. We're going to flip this pick. But what do you flip it for? That's the other part. Who do you flip it for? Do you want a Do you maybe flip with Houston and give Houston, they can have a second pick. Maybe they know they traded Christian Wood, so maybe they'd be like, oh yeah, we want Chet. We'll take Chet. You can get Paolo Banchero for Oklahoma City. He can mix up with SGA, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, maybe. Maybe that's a possibility. Maybe they go even lower than that. The key is, and I'm going back to the Wizards here, is Jaden Ivey. Man. Can we get Jaden Ivey in Washington? 6'4", 195 pounds, 17 points per game. Assists I wish could be a little bit better. But the rumors are that the Wizards are interested. And I think they should trade up. I really think that the Wizards should trade up and go after Jaden Ivey. It's the best thing they can do for a franchise that's in trouble with the with the potential of losing Bradley Beal. Your weakness is at the point guard. And Jaden Ivey is the best point guard available. Why not? Come on, Wizards. You can do it. The problem is, what does Sacramento want in exchange? Outside of, okay, we'll trade down for the number. I mean, unfortunately, it may take a... Thomas Bryant. And they may say that's probably not enough. It may take a Rui. It may take a Kyle Kuzma, unfortunately. I mean, the sad thing is when I look at this roster, I don't know if there's much more that anybody will want. They're not getting Bradley Beal, maybe a KCP. But I hope that the Wizards are able to make a big move because they need to. The rest of the draft, I feel like I don't even know if I watch enough college basketball where I'm looking at some of these players and I'm just like, man, I didn't watch Shadon Sharp at all. I watched a couple Kentucky games, but I just don't remember. I mean, maybe Sharp is another guard they can look at to combo with. I don't know, combo him? I mean, I mean a combo guard with Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal runs the point. You got Sharp on the court as well. Dyson Daniels, as I mentioned, played in the G League, Ignite from Australia. I think the fact that he played with grown men a 6'8 guard? I mean maybe you draft him if you know if you know look Bradley Beal's is gonna be out of here. I mean six eight. Man, if you can get a 6'8 guard, that'll be interesting. Jalen Dort, the center from Memphis. I think he had a good year in college basketball. I think he's one of the more NBA-ready players, 6'11", 250. One of the draft mock drafts, have him going to the Spurs, which I could see Greg Popovich really doing a lot with Jalen. But I like his little consistent turnaround, jump hook, little baby hook, if you will. I like him. Now, uh, another mock draft I saw as I'm going through I have a few of them open in my tab here I'm looking at. I did have to, I almost forgot that the thought of the Wizards drafting a Johnny Davis, a guard, you know, I collect Davis jerseys. Okay, and, He's a okay pick, but I'll take it. I'll take it. Then I can get an authentic Davis jersey. But I want to go all the way down and talk about one more player before I get off the draft because I'm not going to act like I follow the draft and I know everything. Usmane Dieng from New Zealand, out of France, 6'10", 185 pound forward. I think he may be a sleeper. That you should really, teams should be eyeing. When I think of what Giannis became, that's what I think of with him. Whoever takes a flyer on him, I mean, look, he averaged 8.9 points per game, 3.1 rebounds. No one thought Giannis was really gonna be the Greek freak. That's the kind of player that I'm like, watch him. Watch him rise. And if I'm any one of these teams... In the lottery. And you think about what Giannis Antetokounmpo became. That's. That's what I think about. I think about a player like him. And I think he will go in the lottery. He's not going to drop below that. Now, the uh, next level for this is the fun talk about what you can do um, with the draft. And trying to find a way I had to take odds on who I think was going to be picked first. I would still pick Here's here's my pick. Jabari Smith to the Magic. I think Paolo Banchero gets taken number 2. Chet Holmgren goes to the Rockets, and I think the Wizards try to trade up to the number four pick with the Sacramento Kings to get Jaden Ivey. After that, it's a toss-up, but that's what I, that's my prediction for the top four picks. All right, so off of basketball. And I'm going to the National Hockey League. I'm really disappointed. I'm really sad for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I really am. They really messed up, and it's sad. I mean, to me, it's a big mess up. And so last night, John Cooper, I mean, the goal was amazing. Kadri, I mean, the fact that the puck got stuck in the net, I'm watching the overtime, and I'm like, this is better than NBA overtime because players go back and forth. You know that this is one goal wins the game, and it was action-packed. It was fast-paced. The, the, the puck was flying all over the place, players on and off the ice. I mean, it was wild. It was wild. And I enjoyed every minute of the overtime, even though I knew that it meant that I got my pick wrong because I picked Tampa Bay Lightning at one and a half goals to win game four, and they did not. But the weird thing is after the game, you could tell yeah, Colorado was cheering, but there was something eerie about the way it was ending. Like Tampa Bay was like, wait a minute. The players were not ready to accept that the game was over. And the way that they look was kind of like, wait, wait, something's not right here. But the officials never quite got to that point where it was just like, oh yeah, um, we got to review this. It was like, "Up, oh, game over, okay. And I even turned the TV off. Now, I don't know if y'all noticed this, but there was a glitch in the audio. It was really bothering me. I don't know if it was bothering you watching the game, but my wife was like, turn the audio down. So I really couldn't enjoy the game the way I wanted to because unfortunately, I could not hear the game. I didn't even hear the game when he go because even I was annoyed by it. Like every 30 seconds, the broadcast would go, tsh, tss. it bothered me so much. But John Cooper said, quote, this one is going to sting much more than others. It's going to be hard for me to speak. I'm going to have to speak. I'm curious what he's going to say today, later today. It's early in the morning right now. I'll speak with you tomorrow. My heart breaks for the players. Why does it break for the players? Because the daggone avalanche had, not only did they have six men on the ice, The official stat sheet showed six men on the ice and Kadri was the guy that came on for the player who was going on the ice and Kadri should not even been touching the puck to score that goal because it was too many men on the ice. It's a disaster for the league To me, it taints the entire playoffs because you can't go back. Hey, it's not to say that Tampa Bay would have won game four, but it's to say that Colorado should not have won game four. We know that for FACT, a a fact, because they had six men on the ice. How do you miss... That call. They should replace all of the refs in the Stanley Cup Finals just for that. They should all be suspended. They should all be suspended. Did the sixth player on the ice affect a goal? In terms of the player that was leaving, of course not. Not like he was skating around and they were playing with six men, but not when you find out that the player who came in the game Was Now, here was the official statement from the NFL. A too many men on the ice penalty is a judgment call that can be made by any of the four on-ice officials. Following the game, hockey operations met with the four officials, as is their normal protocol. In discussing the winning goal, each of the four officials advised that they did not see a too many men on the ice situation on the play. The call is not subject to video review either by hockey ops or the on-ice officials. Now the sad thing is you do find out that the Tampa Bay Lightning had 7 players on the ice in the in a goal in last year's playoffs. I just think it puts a black eye on the Stanley Cup playoffs even when you think about because in my mind it was like a breakaway goal by Kadri the defense wasn't set it was like they were caught off guard and maybe part of that is the coaches when they put them when they say it's not you know when they're subbing it I'm not gonna act like I know hockey that much oh come on you're probably gonna kill me if you know hockey more than I am I just simply am coming at it from, I cannot stand it when a call like this destroys the game. It mars what could have been just a great, a great finish. It was an amazing goal. It was just simply an amazing goal. But when you look at the official stat sheet and it says, yeah, there were six men on the ice. Yeah, that means there were six men on the ice. There shouldn't be a gray area as the league tries to say there is right now. Oh, well, the officials thought it was okay. You know, he was he was just skating at the other end. It's all right if there are six men. No, it's not all right. If you're going to make a rule, it should be a rule. We can't be having a judgment call. Can you imagine if the NFL was like, ah, it's okay if there's 12 men on the field or in the NBA. Ah, it's okay if there's six players on the court. It should not be a judgment call. Either you're on the ice because you're allowing six men on the ice or you got only at five and that should be the rule. And that's the problem with the NHL statement. Oh, it's a judgment call. But as it's always noted as well, maybe it is the hockey gods because Tampa Bay benefited from it last year. Still, still hurts. Still hurts. What also hurts is what is going on with the Washington football team and the NFL. It's just time for Daniel Snyder to go. And Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner, says he has no authority to remove Daniel Snyder as the owner of the Washington Commanders. Representative Rashida Tlaib, Democrat from Michigan, asked him, are you willing to do more to punish Snyder? Goodell says, I don't have the authority to remove him, Congresswoman. Snyder, of course, was invited to testify but didn't want to. Overseas business commitments. Yeah, right. Oh, I don't, because they're coming after you. And I think they should issue a subpoena for him to speak. Committee Chair Carolyn Maloney, Democrat from New York, said the NFL is unwilling or unable to hold Mr. Snyder accountable. That is why I'm announcing now my intent to issue a subpoena for Mr. Snyder for a deposition next week. The committee will not be deterred in its investigation into the Washington Commanders. It's just too much. It's just too much against him right now. And I just can't believe with everything piling up that Snyder cannot be held accountable for anything that's being, that's happening with the franchise. Whether it's the sexual misconduct, or the ticket fiasco that he's also dealing with where apparently he's stealing money from season ticket holders. You know, the fiasco with the stadium where now it's like, oh, you know what? Yeah, Virginia's like, uh, nah, we're good. Maryland's like, yeah, you're going to just have to stick with FedEx Field. We're not doing anything more for you right now. And DC and Mario Bowser like, nah, DC's good. It's almost like nobody wants Washington and that hurts my heart too. That hurts my heart too because this team is like my team. We haven't even got to assistant coach, defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio and his comments about the dust up during January 6th. Yes, Washington has done some good. And that should account for something. But it should not account for the accountability of an owner that has let a workplace get to this point that you know, you know, he knew about it. Even my guy, Trent Williams, who this Saturday, I'm gonna be going to the Emmys for a documentary that we did on Trent Williams, the misdiagnosis of his cancer. One of the reasons why now he's in San Francisco. That's too much. I do like the fact that Washington changed their name. I wish they had stayed with Washington football team. I like that they have one of the first lead assistant coaches in Jennifer King. First female coach in the NFL, African-American as well. That's great. But I think fining $10 million to the Washington to Daniel Snyder is nothing. Snyder stepping away from the day-to-day operations, that is fake news. Come on. He ain't stepping away from nothing. There's no way he's stepping away from the team. But also, the hardest part when when I mix in, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about. What's going on in Cleveland with Deshaun Watson? And like one of their defenses is that the owner should be held to a higher standard. And here you are, NFL, a slap on the wrist for Daniel Snyder for all of the things that have happened in Washington. You got rid of Jerry Richardson in Charlotte fairly easily. Nothing is happening to Jerry Jones. In the Dallas Cowboys, and I know he was in some hot water as well. How about Kraft? Remember when he got in trouble for getting a little something-something at the massage parlor down in Florida? What happened to Robert Kraft with New England? Not much. And what's happening with Snyder, to me, is like, much worse than Kraft, Jones, and Jerry Richardson combined. Combined. Stealing stealing money from season ticket holders? The workplace misconduct, racially and sexually? Come, come on. There's so many allegations out there. And the fact that when you look at Deshaun Watson saying, hey, the owner's supposed to be held to an even higher standard than the player's. That's pretty good defense. Because he's going to look at what the NFL is doing with Daniel Snyder and be like, yeah, y'all not doing anything with this guy. How you going to suspend me for like two seasons? There are direct allegations of sexual misconduct with Daniel Snyder, the owner of the Washington Commanders. Not a good look. Not a good look. Not a good look for the NFL. The fact that the the Hill has to subpoena Daniel Snyder because he know he don't want that heat. He doesn't want that heat. An NFL owner can be removed only by three quarters, 24 out of 32 owners, majority vote of the fellow owners. Now, the thing that he does have is Goodell can say he should be removed. And I think that's the beginning of the real end. You may not have the authority, Goodell, but a public statement saying he should be removed, I actually think the owners would vote yes. And they'd welcome the next billionaire, whether it's Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or someone else to step in. Maybe Byron Allen, somebody, but it's time. Maybe Bob Johnson. It's time. It hurts my heart to say it because for me, knowing that Daniel Snyder grew up as a Washington Commanders fan, I mean, that would be a dream for any of us to own the team that you rooted for but this has gone too far, and it's time to make a change. And that'll do it for Just For Sport. Enjoy the NBA draft tonight, I know I will. Hopefully my Washington Wizards make a move up. Need a point guard. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm rooting for is a point guard. Let's see what happens tonight. We're sitting right in front of the tube, checking it out. NHL playoffs. Well, I don't think Tampa Bay can win three in a row. But they need three games in a row to win three Stanley Cups in a row. We'll see if they can do that as well. That'll do it for for Sport. I'm Jamoke. Ciao for now. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And win! You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just for Sport podcast. All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code J for Sport, and Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So, join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the PrizePix app today.